0: This episode is sponsored by Rhythm Changes, a blog about creative music in Canada by Will Chernoff. If you're a fan of jazz and improvised music, don't miss out on the free weekly article at Rhythm Changes every Tuesday morning. Hundreds of fans in our scene are reading the article every week by email. Join them now and become a member for free today at rhythmchanges.ca PSR. That's rhythmchanges.ca PSR. Thanks to Will at Rhythm Changes for supporting the show. Hello and welcome to Pacific Sound Radio, your go-to source for everything happening in the Vancouver music scene. I'm James Olson, and today we're speaking with Chris and James of Melt. Melt are a contemporary psychedelic rock group that mixes dense riffs and danceable grooves with refined pop sensibilities. This is the first time that we've had the band on the show since the release of their first record Swim Slowly, and Chris and James were able to give us a sneak peek of their next release, scheduled for 2023. Here is the first single off of their currently untitled next LP, this is Only In Your Eyes. Well, thanks for coming back on the show, guys. It's been a while since uh, I've had the chance to sit down with you. Uh, a lot of things have happened just in general uh, since then. want to start things off with kind of a general uh, question. What have you been
1: listening to lately? I think we could both say really lately. We've listened to that new Foals album quite a bit. I don't know yeah. if you want to add.
2: Yeah, I know. Thanks for having us again, first of all. But yeah, um, recently, recently... Um, the new foals album life is yours. A lot of listens into that for me. Um, and uh, yeah, I was listening to a bunch of glass animals over the past year for sure. That new record as well. Um been listening to just some old, uh, going back into some older songs as well. Personally, um, my, my personal playlist is definitely a little bit out of date, but uh, there's a couple back there that I've been listening to a lot. Um, and uh yeah and then a bunch of listening i kind of have not been listening to as much music personally as much as i normally do just because i'm spending so much time listening to our own mixes as well i kind of need a break so a lot of podcasts as well for me um chris might have a few more bands though
1: yeah, nothing particularly that's like fresh that I've been listening to, but uh, I guess I've been more lately been checking more Dope Lemon out. James is a huge fan; he's encouraged that listening, and I'm like getting way more into it. It's really good.
0: I'm actually not familiar with Dope Lemon. I've heard of uh, Fools and Glass Animals before, of course.
1: Check it out; it's really cool. It's really good. Um, I don't really know what else to say about it, but uh, you know, it's really there's a few like a few really different albums, and uh, yeah, it's really cool. And also, just because I'm going to be seeing them like tonight, actually, Karongbin been. been Revisiting that stuff a lot lately, and it's just gorgeous, love it.
0: Oh, so Dope Lemon are on the same bill with Krongbin?
1: No, no, just just another band I've been listening to lately. Oh, okay. Just because <laughs> I'm gonna see them soon, so I've just been like putting it on on a playlist, and it's yeah, it's just nice. Great.
0: How how would you describe Dope Lemon? I like literally have no
1: frame of reference. Uh, it's pretty. Uh, it depends what what kind of song, but it's generally quite hazy and uh, kind of lo-fi, trippy kind of thing. Can be kind of also kind of yeah, polished pop sounding depending on the song too.
0: Night. that kind of sounds pop. similar to unknown mortal orchestra to me are you
1: familiar with that band love them yeah 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 love that band yeah. um like that. i wouldn't necessarily say they're this they're really that similar though okay but they're both great yeah.
0: <laughs> good stuff gonna i guess start this conversation probably about reeling back about two years ago The band dropped an EP in 2020, where five different electronic artists did their own spins off of songs on your debut record, Swim Slowly, which we talked a lot about in our first episode together. What was it like hearing other artists recontextualize and rearrange your music? And what would future remix projects entail for you guys?
1: Yeah, no, that was a really cool experience. Um, Yeah, we basically, we kind of reached out to a few producers from around town for that because we just love their work. And uh, yeah, they, it was really cool to hear the reimaginings of, of our tracks because, you know, we're so intimately familiar with those stems to actually just hear a whole new approach was like really, really cool. And it was also cool because for that for the Love Again remix, we actually did that uh, remix contest, which we put on the, on the line there and made like a YouTube announcement and opened it up for anybody in the world. And like basically the you could win a spot on the EP and then like some other prizes that we got sponsorships for and stuff from Arteria. And uh, that, we, we got like so many submissions for that specific song because of that. So it was like really hearing where it could go in so many different cool ways. It was really hard to pick winners. But yeah, no, that was a really, really cool experience. I don't think we can really speak for like the next one, but I don't know. Maybe we'll try and reach out more internationally and find more people we think could be cool to try remixing something. Or just just open the invitation. Like if everyone wants to DM us offering to remix something, then do it and we'll let, it, we'll let you know.
0: What was the weirdest submission that you got can be weird in a good or or a, um not so great way <laughs> yeah i uh, um maybe don't name names just to not no hurt anyone's i, I feelings, wouldn't even
2: <laughs> i don't remember all of them by name but uh we got we got um a super vast array of things from like e d m style um to kind of Euro club music to I think even some kind of rapper, like hip hoppy kind of beats as well. Um, I don't remember one specific that sticks out and it was, I guess a couple years ago now, it's hard to pinpoint it, but I think just the array of things like uh, was quite weird in, in itself, you know, in a good way because we got, we got to see so many different takes on it from so many different genres itself. And, and some of the, the, EDM stuff or, or like maybe the more hip hoppy stuff was probably the, the most out there stuff, but really cool takes on it.
1: Yeah. Another cool thing I just thought of re more recently, the, in the remix space, um, there's this cool, uh, there's this cool meet, like group basically in Vancouver called loop sessions, Vancouver, LSV. Uh, if anyone listening makes stuff, I've heard, heard things about out. them. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Basically, normally it's, it's like a, <clears throat> a physical vinyl. That's kind of curated by somebody. Uh, And basically each person that goes, it's free. You show up at a cafe and you get like two minutes to drop the needle, wherever it happens to be. You can do it wherever you want, but you don't know this record. Usually it's something obscure. And then you get that wave file for two minutes of content and you try and flip a beat out of it. And the stuff people make is always really cool. But we got invited like a couple months ago to uh, be the curator. So we actually just gave everybody like all the stems to everything we've made so far. So, they could just get every separate file of every song. And then we just like, they have like three hours to make something, and then everyone just plays out their beats. So, we just kind of had a little mini remix contest or not contest, just a remix event for Melt Music, which was really cool. Um,
2: yeah. So, that was that kind of a little taste of what could come with some of the new music. Yeah. And just to continue on that, I think that, and to go back to the remix EP itself and on that same note, I think. For us, um, just doing the remixes and allowing people to kind of look at your stems and your loops and and uh make their own stuff it's it's uh with covid what happened with us is we 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 were having a really tough time practicing and writing and and trying to generate something for our fans that were listening to swim slowly and and we we obviously gained a lot of listenership over that time, so we wanted to find a way to engage and release stuff and engage with the community in a different way and I think that Remix EP itself and the loop sessions; those are just ways that you can uh, engage with your fans in a different way. Where maybe we can't get together and write and release another EP that we want to write, like our own stuff. But it's another cool way that you engage with other people they can look at your music in a different way and and have take something and you can release something in that way too. And that was that was really cool over COVID, especially to, of a way to do that, um, which I found the remix EP was pretty valuable in that way.
0: For me, I think the coolest thing of it is when I've heard like other artists put out remix companions of like track for track of an album that they've dropped, just how wildly different some of the songs can sound. A uh, more recent example I would use was uh, the band Deftones for the 20th anniversary of White Pony. They put out a remix album, and they had all sorts of unconventional people on it. I think Robert Smith was on it. Uh, Mike Shinoda from uh, yeah, yeah. Linkin Park remixed a song. Uh, Purity Ring remixed one of the songs. They actually
2: did their own vocals on it, too so that's really cool i yeah. think that's a cool idea like even with fool's deluxe records there's always cool remixes on some of the main songs that they include on their records when you buy the deluxe version or releasing it like that i think it's really cool it's always a cool to see a new take and different people like you said you have such variation of artists that can take something that sounds one way and make it sound some totally other way that you never even thought could be the way that that would you know someone would in- interpret it but that's the cool thing about art right it's just everyone can interpret it and and uh, create something out of something that's totally different than someone else would.
0: Especially when it's rock music as well. It's cool to hear like just uh, electronic artists coming from a completely different school of thought going like, Oh, I'm going to do this with that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of fast forwarding a little bit. I'm going to jump around the timeline <laughs> at a few different points here. Uh, but melt embarked on your first proper tour since 2019, just a couple months ago. I was actually at your kickoff show at the Fox Cabaret in March, I want to say. What was it like being back on the
2: road again and what were some highlights from the tour? Uh yeah, no, it was it was really cool because it uh was a tour that we um wanted to make happen a couple of years ago and we don't have any touring experience outside of BC at all. Um so it was really cool to finally cross the border, do the South by Southwest um, festival and the Tree Fort festival, which we got in 2020 but had to cancel the same week that COVID hit. Um, so it was cool to actually have that um, finally come around again with the industry opening up again. We had no idea what would happen, and then to be able to book a few shows on the way down and and do a little run there, and then come back up. It was a really cool way to. Uh, dip the toe in the tour uh for the first time, really, you know, a real tour and, and have that experience. And it was yeah, it was really, really uh, great experience, I think. Um I'll let Chris talk on it more though.
1: Yeah, I mean it was uh it was it was really cool. Like I mean my expectations weren't extremely high on like how would you know the turnouts would be and everything and it wasn't like it was crazy, but it was better than I expected, I guess I could say. Like we had a good amount of people showing up to the shows and The people that did come to the shows were quite big fans, which was kind of cool to see in real life because, I don't know, otherwise in Vancouver it's mostly you just think it's just kind of people you know coming to shows or it's not completely the case. But just when you go to a city like far away, it's proving that those people are really connecting and, you know, liking the music obviously and they want to come talk after the show and hang out. And, you know, there's some pretty crazy fans, I guess, you know, which was pretty nice to see. Like someone, some couple of people flew from like Kentucky to Seattle just to see us which was like whoa that's like (laughs) no way they're gonna fly the next morning away i'm like what like that is yeah it's things like that it was like wow this is pretty cool (laughs) obviously like still a small scale but it was just a a nice what it was was nice (laughs) it's uh must be really
0: validating you know playing shows outside of vancouver and you're like all right there we have people who are fans that aren't like fellow musicians that we know personally yeah, or, exactly. or friends or girlfriends or whatever
1: no, no other reason to come other than just you know finding the music and then being like i want to go to the show yeah and the way people were, you know like i'm a fan of music like i love going to shows i like meeting the band after the merch table too so it's kind of weird to be on the other end of that like that it was kind of like huh this is cool like i feel like I, I relate to you exactly like we're the exact same
0: i find that uh Uh, more rewarding like i you know even just i've been seeing a a shitload of touring bands like this year just because deprived for two years prior and uh there's always part of me that like you know i'm enjoying the show but i'm looking at the guys on stage i'm like i just want to be there instead (laughs) (laughs) of course yeah
1: yeah it's really fun
0: speaking of which your current stage show is beautifully simple who came up with the elements that make up your live presentation
1: Oh, funny. Well, that might change now. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's actually... It's going to be a similar experience from the crowd's view. It's just... It's going to get a little bit more uh, technical mm. on our side with things. We're going to start maybe playing to metronome and... I don't know. Sometimes some of the ways we were playing some of our songs were a bit hacked. <laughs> like, we would just play to uh, like the Love Again synth without a tick, which was... We did it. I mean, I don't know if anyone really noticed it wasn't perfect or anything, but... Well, I think it'll... I you you were... Visual tick, though, I guess. Yes. No audible. Like, so it's a little... Oh, you did. In my, in my headphones. Yeah,
2: I <laughs> I was playing to a tick, and then through my pad, um, visually and uh, through my, through the headphones through the pad, um, and then the guys would have to play to me. So now we have a Ableton session that's playing the tick to everyone, and we all each have our own in ears, so we can hear mixes better and it allows for a lot more freedom in terms of effects and everything. But before, with the ticks that we did have, it would be just in my ears and the guys would have to play to me. So a little bit bit wonky for sure. Yeah, another thing
1: I'm stoked for on this is like, uh, again, this hasn't been all proven and tested, but as far as we're seeing, it looks like we'll be able to do uh, like automation for like vocal effects, which I've always wanted to do, because some of our stuff has, you know, the vocal effects are quite keyframed all the time, like reverb spikes or like, a lot of delay just for this area and then not any or so we can actually finally just have it be like progress through the song without having to like you just kind of it just goes with you and you can just kind of perform and not worry about all the tech once it's done so yeah i think it'll be really cool in terms of who designed anything it wasn't really like any one of us we're just kind of figuring out how to how to play the parts live and just kind of get there and do our best
0: yeah i was more just referring to the the current design which is the white t-shirts and the plants oh
1: but yeah <laughs> so that actually yeah we did uh you're referring to the the show we did in vancouver the first show back from COVID, i guess we we were dressed all white and had white plants and all this unfortunately we can't bring that on the road because of lack of room in that van so we can't keep fair that enough up, sadly <laughs> mm, guitars or plants yeah literally <laughs> mm. those plants filled that whole van when we brought brought them so oh my god <laughs> You need a second
0: trailer for the plants.
1: Yeah, we gotta tow. We could tow them. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why, but that reminds me of, I think
0: ZZ Top did some tour where it was like, the whole idea is you bring Texas to the world and they had like actual farm animals on stage and it just sounded like a nightmare. I was just like, what?
1: Wow. <laughs> four ears. Yeah, animals. yeah four animals.
0: Oh, I was just thinking like, you know, you're stomping around on stage and you just step in cow cow stuff and you're like, <laughs> oh, damn it, my boots.
1: <laughs> Uh, spe- <laughs> speaking of which, what live acts are you inspired by? Mm. I mean, a bunch, obviously. Like, tons. But uh,
2: I don't know. There's just so many. What would you say? Um, different bands for different things, I think. But definitely so many. I, I mean, for me, in terms of energy and raw performance and ferocity, like, a full show is, you know, mm-hmm. to mention them again is is something that's, you know, really, really powerful. And uh, you can really get a different level of energy than say like a Tyco show where you go to that and you go to that for some, uh, amazing precision, um, and, uh, just incredible performance in a, in a laid back setting, you know, in a chill kind of laid back way, but just clean, you know, clean and laid back and folds would be just ferocity and energy. And then Tame Impala is kind of a mixture of both. And you get just amazing musicians. Um, and, uh, yeah, other older bands for sure that like, I, I, saw rush a few times and you know see oh, me too yeah i you saw know, them twice they and saw a, me a, i a, did their stage presentation is like you said they have um uh some of their their sets are crazy you know they got the chickens roasting in the background on one set and and uh they're playing south park before um tom sawyer you know and so you get these cool little gimmicks that you pick up from people and yeah the, those are three examples that i would have um
1: yeah I'm just trying to think of other inspirations, like in terms of this the whole experience like <clears throat> Tycho's again not even just audio wise Tycho's obviously inspiring in every way, but their live visuals are a really really gorgeous aspect, which I would love to try and figure out sometime or eventually they sync it up to the the music in a gorgeous it's like half of it like that's kind of what the project is though um and then like I was just gonna say it's nice to meet some fellow Tycho
0: fans. I like to listen to Tycho a lot when I'm working from home nice uh is another huge one for me
1: oh i actually am not that familiar
0: oh my god if dude if you like Tycho you'll love oh, really emancipator uh, emancipator is really cool in that he he's got a lot of other instrumentation on his music like he's got strings and guitars and stuff and i believe with certain tours like he brings like an entire string section with him cool So he's doing electronic with like live strings I'm like oh my god that is amazing
1: that's sick i guess the yeah, another thing uh, from a tech side and audio audio side to bring it up again tame Paula's live sonic show is like crazy like their production for the stage is like definitely like something to strive for. like it's like the top of the game i guess at this point especially for like a actual like live band like with the same kind of instrumentation we go with synths guitars drums bass because they you know they have it all going into like a session where they can do master effects on everything if they need like the entire drum set can have like a phaser on it and stuff which, I mean, it's really an experience when you see it in, a like, a large sound system. So, I mean, that's something else, I guess, that's an inspiration that would be cool to get to one day.
2: Uh, just one last one that I just thought of, too. It would be um, uh, totally different than everything I mentioned. would be uh, Royal Blood when I saw them. Like, really cool. It's just two guys. Uh, one guy playing a bass guitar plugged into, like, an amp that can, you know, could do guitar and bass at the same time um and then the drummer so you get this like really cool just two guys on stage like rocking out to like hard rock music and it's a really cool experience to see how much sound and um yeah how much music can be generated just from that so that's a really cool live show too in a totally different way as well i'd be curious to see how royal
0: blood compares to death from above because i really like death from above and it's very similar setup just drums and bass
2: yeah. No, I, I I would imagine it's similar, um just different different bands and, and obviously different course. styles, of course. Like but I'm I'm assuming the setup's quite similar. Um and uh yeah, it's really cool to see how they can do that with two people. You know, it's it's pretty impressive for sure. I f- I feel if you can make a
0: two piece work, but like be legit about
2: it, like be a two piece in recording and on stage. Yeah, there's a difference. That's amazing. Yeah um yeah big difference in doing just you know recording on stage uh, for sure
0: I'm n- i know i'm talking to two members of a quartet here but uh power tree almost is like perfect if you can pull that off
2: yeah mm-hmm. yeah definitely yeah that's
1: actually that's actually one of the things like <clears throat> our new album has like our upcoming album that's not out is like way more layers than we've ever done like it's a lot less <clears throat> like just truly four people on the recording so that's kind of part of the challenge we're working on now is Figuring out how to how to get the best con- convey it the best when it's live without, you know, cutting everything out to make it just too bearable and to be just a different song too much or something. So And, not, and yeah, not really avoid backing tracks as much as possible, if not at all. So uh yeah, it's kinda of fun that we're just kinda of sampling things a lot and triggering samples of, of instruments and stuff to make it kinda of work, I think.
0: All the more reason for those in here <laughs> monitors and clicks. Yeah. Yeah. helps i i know um uh with my band we've been thinking about that like we don't have a keyboard so we love to have keys in a live setting and we're like oh you know we could have key traders who like oh shit we need <laughs> to follow a right. click and have those anyways yeah <laughs> for that to work you've released three singles for your as of yet unnamed sophomore album yeah. how does this new release compare
1: with swim slowly i guess i guess to speak broadly it's uh it's a lot more diverse sonically like it's i still feel like it does seem like a like a body a proper body of work like it doesn't seem like a mixtape necessarily but it's just more sonically varied than swim so i feel like overall swim slowly was quite i guess guitar based drums heavy overall like obviously some some songs that weren't like that but this one's a lot more diverse there's still guitars going and stuff but it's a lot more colorful bright um yeah, it's, I guess the tone is like not as dark and more bright. If you had to pick two like simple words,
0: so not not as blue. And I say that because sure, yeah. there, I've got I've got a copy of Swin' Slowly" on yeah, vinyl with that I, beautiful yeah. blue paint <laughs> vinyl disc. You've got that so. first pressing one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Quite, it's, it's honestly that's one of my favorite just physical records oh, I have nice. in my collection.
1: Thank you.
2: Yeah, I would just say um, just to piggyback on that is that um, yeah, it's it's definitely more colorful, more bright, different vibe different kind of theme um and i i do agree there's a bit more quite a bit more variation as well um but what links it i think is like a, a a theme in terms of lyrics and um what's being talked about through the album is is recurring in some songs and and it does have a connectivity to it in that way and also this album too was um the first time writing with uh the new member with ian so this he brought a whole other um mind to the game, right? So Swim Slowly was me, Chris and James, uh, writing and recording and, and this one is now with a, an extra quarter of the band being able to write and record and and bring new ideas in, write new demos and and totally bring that whole whole new mind in. So that's really helped generate, you know, other sounds and plus the guys over COVID, I know they were Buying synths and, and, and experimenting a lot more on that side of things. So definitely, like, um, well, obviously there was Love Again and We'll See and and, if, and a few other songs on Swim Slowly that were quite synth-based. This definitely has a lot more, um, uh, it's just a lot more technical with that and a lot more experimenting with that. So that's, that's a big part of this new music as well. The kind of the more we grow in terms of knowledge, the, the better... The more we can explore on that side, so I think that that this reflects a lot of this new music reflects a lot of exploration on that side of things for sure.
0: I'm uh, friends with a keyboardist in uh, just a friends band of mine, and he had I had asked him, you know, what drew you to to keyboards, just pursuing that full time, and he he said that he just got bored with guitar, and he found that like there was a lot, just so much, a whole new world that you can explore. With synths, I, I know you've got plenty of guitar going on in the music, but I'm curious what your
1: thoughts would be on a sentiment like that. I mean, yeah, uh, especially during like the the whole lockdown period in that summer, I was, I think James and Ian as well, like got to like understand synths a lot better. Like, I never really was, I was kind of dumb with synths before. Like, I'd, you know, we'd you'd use presets of nice sounding vsts nothing wrong with that, too. Like, it is what it is, it sounds good and it works, but. I started to actually like learn how to make sounds like if you think about what you want and how to kind of make that which was kind of nice and it's more fun to kind of make your own patches more now and I guess part of that inspiration was like getting some sense that are hardware instead of it just being I find it really uninspiring to drag the mouse on knobs that are not real something I don't know why I just maybe now going back since I understand it better be more fun. But when I just didn't know what the knobs did that well, and I was just like, I don't know what I'm even changing this for. (laughs) It wasn't as as inspiring to work like that before. So I guess now it's a lot more, uh, it's just a lot more creative and interesting now with that.
0: I guess there's something more like visceral and tactile with, you know, smashing your keys on whatever you're doing.
1: Yeah, totally. And just turning the knob, knowing what the knob's doing, thinking what you want it to do, making it do that. It's just kind of fun. And, uh, yeah, it definitely was a big learning. I think I learned a, d- a bunch of, a bunch of technical stuff and, uh, yeah, I just got better with my gear that I have over that period, which is nice. So could use it better. Considering that most of the
0: band is composed of multi-instrumentalists, what does the songwriting process entail for you
1: guys? It varies pretty greatly between songs, I guess. Like, a lot of this new record, I guess, was demoed out when we were isolated, depending on the song again. Um but often like incomplete, like, Oh, there's this verse idea or, Oh, like there's this sound we could use, or, you know, there's just like, a, we had a batch of just things to pull from. And, uh, we, after a while into the the COVID thing, we decided like, Hey, like we just can't meet up. There's a bunch of reasons for it. And we just can't meet up in person. It's really annoying and we can't do it. So we just thought, well, Hey, like, let's just like rent a, a cabin in like the interior up North, you know, for six hours basically. And, uh, you know, if, if anyone has COVID, it won't really matter because we won't give it to anybody in our families and and we just didn't get it anyway. So we just went to this cabin for a full month and uh, kind of basically took all the collections of ideas we've had, even before like Swim Soulia era demos were even considered then and uh, basically just kind of went through it all, like diligently, like checked every little session of garbage ideas or anything and just kind of thought, oh, there's something there. Let's actually like put that aside, let's put that aside and then uh finished some of those songs together when we were there, changed some of the songs, improved them, kinda just arranged them, like kind of basically made the whole skeleton of what would be the new album. At least more than it actually turns out. We filtered it down eventually. But we made like the basis for like an album and a half of stuff, I guess or so. And uh that's kind of been what we've worked from since then. So we've worked on like we tracked like demo drums there with what we consider to be the arrangement and then if we wanted to change the arrangement, we could just copy and paste a drum loop and change the arrangement as we need. And kind of, yeah, the whole record was kind of born in that month as is fair, like essentials. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good uh, rundown of the process on this one. And then after that, um, had to do a lot of uh, individual work back. You know, when we left the cabin, we had to do a lot more uh the pace of the album definitely slowed right back down from you know super hyper productive in that month um and got a lot a lot done but then when you're fine-tuning things you know back to being separated and sending out bounces and saying yes we like that no we don't like that how about this and it just was back to a snail's pace so took a long time and typically uh we are quite collaborative in general like um we always do have some demos that the guys will bring into the room or some parts or whatever. But a lot of swim slowly was written in the room, just jamming out and taking parts and jams and then making songs out of those or taking one riff and jamming on it and making songs for those. And we didn't really have the chance on this record to do that that much. It was like Chris said, there was a lot of demos to work through. So I think almost every single one that we ended up using was from some kind of skeleton demo, whether that was also just a small part or whether it was a, more fleshed out uh, demo. And then we would bring it, as he said, to the cabin and flesh it out and add real drums and, and figure it out from there. But it definitely was a different style this time because we are used to being in the room, jamming, collaborating a lot from the beginning to the end. And this time it was like a lot of individual, then a lot of collaboration, then back to a lot of individual attempts at collaboration. So it was a weird one for sure, but uh, it worked out well. We had to adjust and yeah.
0: See, it's interesting because when I read that, you know, you relocated to a remote area to to work on this. Um, I thought it was uh more of like, oh you know, we're doing this retreat for for recording purposes. But it was like, no, this is a this is born out of pandemic necessity songwriting retreat.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, it was yeah. totally just for the writing. Um maybe a couple stems used from the cabin, but those are just out of necessity. Everything else was it was it was all pretty much just writing and figuring out what we actually what what the songs were going to be and then we came back and recorded everything. Um, we're lucky; Chris has a really nice studio, so um, they can do pretty much everything down there at, on their own time. And I got to do drums at the um, in the studio, but everything else.
0: A home studio. If you can make that work, that's that's the way to go.
1: It sounds bigger than it is. I mean, it's obviously a lot of fun gear in there, but it's just a Scarlett eighteen i twenty interface and some mics on a on an amp for guitars. Like we just. Uh, yeah, we just DI them and then run them through the amps after, and uh, the vocals are just done there. That's about it, I guess. And Then synths are obviously just straight into the box, so that's fine to record anywhere.
0: Did you also do that with uh, Swim Slowly?
1: That's correct, actually. Yeah, everything wow. was everything was recorded at my house, but we did we reamped them in the studio, but um, it just wasn't really necessary on this one. We didn't think.
2: I just funny you mentioned Swim Slowly. Was, uh, we were kind of that was our first big album. We did the Visions EP, obviously, a few years earlier. And we actually did record those drums in my basement, funny enough. Um, But uh, Swim Slowly, we started tracking in the room together with bass and guitar, and we actually tracked together for it. But we didn't use it. We didn't end up using it. We went back and used the drums, of course, from those sessions. But we went back and re-recorded the bass and the guitar back in Chris's studio. And that's when we learned, okay, this is probably a better way to do it. You know, instead of three people having to get perfect takes, you know, you kind of you get the drums locked down, and then you retrack it on your own time when you can feel good about it. And we're all pretty meticulous, so we want to feel as good as possible about everything. And
1: yeah, because we, we we were like in hindsight, we thought, oh like we we're wasting time worrying about like a guitar performance when really, at the end of the day, we realized the content we were getting at the studio was the drums. So let's just let's just record the drums. Let's completely focus all of our attention to the drums too, because we weren't able to even like now. There's anything wrong with it? It turned out all right anyway. But we. Didn't really know what the drums were when we were doing it because we were focusing on playing which isn't really that worth it so we just thought hey let's just focus on the drums and get them great and we did so it was kind of fun too because we could just be in the engineer in the mixing booth hearing it like really nice mix and as it was being tracked and basically just jb would just drum to our our demo sessions that we had so it was all on we recorded all the demos to tick so they're all you know playable uh so it was just like he's playing to the song live
0: yeah, it's a, another detail that I didn't know that it was more or less home recording. I mean, it's amazing what you can do if you have the right technology,
1: but it's, uh,
0: yeah, like, goddamn, you guys sound like so, you, you sound super pro. Oh, thank you. Um, well, that's,
1: a, again, that's a big Kieran Wagstaff uh, thing, though. Like, with our demos, if you compare what we we made versus what it is in the end, it's like, yeah, it's just completely elevated by his mixing work and his engineering of that those drums and everything, and... His effects and he he really does bring things up.
0: And who's uh who else has Karen weigstaff worked with? Uh
1: man. I might have to look this up myself, but can't think of a good highlight reel to just list off right now. I I can't say I I remember he I think he mixed this EP I liked from this band called Lover's Touch, who's from they're from Salt Spring. We actually bumped into them at uh, South by they're in a different band now, but I love that stuff. It's totally different music though. And then he currently works at EA actually for in gaming for um editing and mixing i think for games
0: what are some of the lyrical themes you explore on this release
2: yeah um well so what we do is we usually our our typical uh trajectory on on writing from scratch to finished product is music usually first and then uh lyrics after but we do have sometimes where they coincide with one another if if it's, or it's done pretty quickly um but uh yeah for most of the songs this time and i think similar as with swim slowly apart from a few um we wrote the music and then we kind of div- divided up the lyrical uh ideas into themes and and we each gave each other a few songs and we came back we wrote uh, some drafts and we came back and edited with each other um and it, and it, what was funny about that was that we we had this music and you kind of get inspired by that lyrically and thematically. And we, we realized with the first time we met after writing, uh, the first drafts that we had a, a few similar themes pop up amongst ourselves individually. Um, which was really cool because it, it showed that either we were on the same wavelength in that sense, or this music was speaking to us in the same similar way. And these themes were, and they're pretty general, but it was, uh, swim slowly deals with uh certain emotional things loss and um kind of getting through rough times and 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 you know swimming slowly through that and you know kind of rising above and 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 knowing that life's worth it and keep it, you know and it's kind of like more melancholy and this was a lot brighter and so while we st- we wanted to still make a serious theme we we kind of play with a lot of time references and I think that's to do with COVID as well like during COVID like time just warped in a lot of ways fast slow and so we we found that a few of our lyrics and a few different songs kind of played with the idea of time and and speed of time and taking advantage of time itself and and loved ones and being with spending time on things that matter um as well as kind of thinking about our future in that sense through time and like how does that work with our future um and then you know there's a few songs that are thematically different and they kind of come in and out and pop in and out but it's all kind of this, this wrestle with time and, and in that same sense we kind of use the we use fire and water as like a, a visual theme to go along with that and kind of going through certain aspects of fire and, and, and coming out the other side of it and yeah and taking advantage of your future through these these kind of ups and downs in life as well through that kind of thematic lens which is cool and yeah, that, that's kind of the general themes that the, the songs came to. But yeah. That's really well said overall. Uh, kind of growth, decay, kind
1: of, that's kind of things we've thrown around a lot. And yeah, I think the reason it probably works like that, or at least that they fit the songs well, is I think, at least for me, when, I, when I'm trying to write lyrics to a song, I try to let the, the song speak to me as much as possible. Like, what's the emotion of this song to me right now? Like, what does it make me feel? And then try to make those words kind of go with that as much as possible, just to make it as just cohesive, kind of just feels like it it fits together, which I think is weirdly a benefit of writing lyrics after the music for us. Because personally, I just, I'm not a, I'm not a poet type where I just write, I just don't write words, like just as a thing I do. So yeah, it's kind of, I think it's a good way to work though, for me anyway, like, and I think all of us, it just makes it feel like you can make it as cohesive as you want or can when it's kind of the songs telling you what it's about more than
2: you imposing words onto some song. On that note, actually, um, expanding on what Chris just said, I think for each of us, um, especially personally, and I think Chris just expressed that as well, is that for us creatively, I think we connect creatively more intuitively with music. And I think for us, um, we can express ourselves through music better than through words. um, so for us, it's an easier process to write the music, express the emotion through that, and then recognize what our expression is and put words to it. And so I think that's why we work that way. I know some bands write, write lyrics first and then they write songs and some do, do both. But I think for us, like, we're, we're much more connective, um, creatively connected to the music, to creating music and expressing through sound that we, we, our lyrics get informed by that after much better.
1: And then I guess one other interesting thing, I guess, that's kind of interesting how it works is like when I'm doing a rough demo, I usually just say it has to be just nonsense most of the time. Like I don't have, if I'm thinking of a melody, I give it like tone and fake words or real words. It's kind of a hybrid. It's just like getting the, the texture across, the whole melody and texture across somewhat, which is sometimes hard too, because then I feel like I'm trapped in like this phrase sounds so good, like with this, with this nonsense. So how can I make words that sound like those nonsense words that still works? So you, you start running out of words and that can be a fun challenge though to fight because it's like you get a little bit addicted to the, the scrap takes of the melodies because they just sound good. So, but it's kind of good because sometimes actually every once in a while you do have a real word or phrase that just, I have no idea where it comes from genuinely. It's just like truly like no idea why it just happened. And, uh, yeah, sometimes you actually could work off of that one little thing. Like it's happened in a lot of songs. Yeah. yeah. Like, like even like a song that's out love again, like the better not be the one who falls in love again. For some reason that actually was said and I have just, you know what I mean? I didn't even know what the song was about when I said that. So it's kind of cool. So yeah, it can be, can magic sometimes.
0: Two random ass kind of classic Rocky examples that spring to mind are Phil Collins, the song's song Studio. Like that, you know, the oh, chorus, yeah. you know, Susudio. That was just a filler word that oh. he just had on one of the demos because it doesn't mean anything. I thought it was a Spanish word for the longest time, but no, it's just a, this really? nonsense word that he came up with. And he's just like, oh, I'm just, I don't have anything better than that. I'm just going to stick with that. Damn, it worked. <laughs> um, and another example I'd use would be, are you feeling with the band Cocto Twins? No. Okay, well, they're a uh, they're a Scottish um, uh, dream pop band from like the, the 80s, kind of around the same time of like, uh, cr- kind of think like Cranberries or My Bloody Valentine or something like that. Anyways, the vocalist, can't recall her name at the moment, but the lyrics don't really mean anything. Like she just chooses words that sound good together. So if you right. read the lyrics, you're like, this <laughs> This is nonsense, but it sounds so good in That's, the context yes. of the song.
1: That's actually another cool example of that, which we it's definitely an inspiration for our sound actually a lot is that first Class Animals record is ABBA. It, we read interviews about that and, like, I guess a lot of that stuff. I mean, it's not like it's nonsense, but it was meant to be a vibe, aesthetic, kind of. The words fit the vibe and sound of, of the music very much. Yeah. Like, it just, yeah, it's,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah just that
1: really gooey sound, yeah. that whole, you know. Yeah, so that's kind of a cool reference for that.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they kind of, like, it's a visual it's a visual lyric that kind of just has like descriptive words in it, but not really a narrative. But I think for us that's cool. And, and, and obviously like it has to sound good, but for us, we have put priority into, especially since Swim slowly and going forward, um, we really wanted to make lyrics that mean something, a priority as well. So it's kind of a balance, but I, I think like our number one priority is to, uh, make lyrics that actually mean something, make a narrative that, not just a narrative, but an idea a theme that really fits together and does mean a lot as well. Cause we don't want it to be just, you know, filler or nothing as well.
1: And that being said, I think sometimes we do sacrifice the way it's said a little bit just to make sure it does sound good too. Cause it is at the end of the day. We want to make sure if you weren't listening to the lyrics, does it sound really good? So, but it's a both, it's definitely both. It's just that sometimes you might not have the most ideal way of saying it yeah. because it's got to sound this way, but that's, it works. I think so.
0: Good melody can make up for meh lyrics, but having both, that's that's yeah, it's the goal. Yeah, you know, that's the gold. <laughs> that's what you that's what you want.
1: What would you say excites you most about this next record? Man, I guess uh I guess finally getting to reveal what it is to everybody out there that's wanting to hear it and uh getting to play the new stuff live finally will be really fun. Like we still haven't prepared the whole thing live, but I I really can't I think some of the stuff live would be really, really cool. Like I think it's going to be uh, quite. If we get it, if we dial it in really good live, I think it'll be quite the live experience and like a really solid set. So I really can't wait for the new cycle. Essentially for that, yeah.
2: Yeah, pretty much the same thing. Um, I would. I'm kind of ex- excited and anticipating uh, reactions of our fans because it is different, but it does have the melt um, stamp on it. I think you can tell it's us, but it, it is different. And so you're kind of nervous and excited for people's reactions. And we've obviously seen a little bit from the first three singles. They've been received pretty well, but it is interesting to release music that is so developed in a different way uh, and just see what people's reaction is. And then, like Chris said, it's um, a lot more um, complex. So playing it live is difficult, but it's the reward is there. It's It should sound really, really cool when it's figured out and totally pushing the boundaries on what we've done in that way. So I'm really excited for that as well
0: must be nice as well just playing a completely different set than i mentioned the same sort of set <laughs> you that's played. a very
2: good point actually just being able to play new songs is very nice for the brain because you yeah i mean people love the old stuff and, and people love that set but and we do too and it's always fun to play you know no matter what but it is really really nice to bring in new material to play for sure just refresh the set for sure just uh, out
0: of curiosity do you mix up like the order of songs uh like every show or are you pretty much like consistent especially if you're on a tour or something like that
1: i'd say i think we kind of had like our our hour bit and then if we had to do a 40 minute bit we do that generally we kind of have those versions uh but we did we did experiment a little bit with what we'd end with and stuff slightly and i think it's nice i kind of want to be able to be fluid with the order like it'd be kind of fun especially on the tour i don't know if we have enough time but we hope to prepare a few extra songs that aren't out yet for the next, like this August tour. And I mean, it'd be kind of cool to try a different one every once in a while. And like, maybe this night we're going to do this new one and this night we'll do a different new one. Maybe AB it a bit. It'd be kind of nice to have it a little bit more fluid. Like that's nothing. Oh, that's a good inspiration one for live. Sh- this is jumping back to a previous question, but for live uh, inspirations or Radiohead, I saw twice in a row in Montreal, like I think 2018 it was one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. I saw them down in
0: Seattle. Nice, the same yeah. tour I think. Then, yeah, that was um, I want to say 2016 or 2017. It was after, oh, um, earlier, yeah, after the Orange Man got elected, and they, <laughs> they played uh, they played No Surprises. And I'm sure you're familiar with this Boy, lyric the uh, the you know, bring down the government. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, wow. he said that. He said br- he's saying bring down the government. And then he deliberately paused, and the crowd just roared. And then he goes into they, they don't, don't speak, speak for, for us. us. Yeah.
1: I think, yeah, I remember that. There was a moment, I think they probably just play that song and that's always a moment, I guess, but oh, that's yeah. funny timing. But yeah, no, I just about that though, it's just the, in terms of their diversity of their sets, because I saw it twice in a row, like one night in a row. And uh, I figured it would be worth doing. I mean, I'm a huge fan. I was like, we're going to fly to Montreal to see this show. The The cost of the tickets, fairly negligible, like fuck it. Like what else am I going to do that night? Not see Radiohead? May as well just see Radiohead. So um Basically, I was blown away, because the set list was extremely different each night, which was like, it was made it like I was like, man, I'm so glad I went both nights, because I was like, if I didn't go one of these nights, I would have been so sad about these misses. So like, they are they are crazy with their set lists, and that'd be really if we had enough of a body of work, that'd be definitely something that'd be really amazing to be able to pull off that well. Is like, let's just do these songs, like the totally different set list, basically. Like they do the first four the same, and then like it's just all over the place from there. And I was like, damn, that is that's amazing
0: i know uh pearl jam's another band like that they've uh deliberately never played the same set twice
2: that's really cool uh, and i think all of us um like chris said would love to do that um for us it's just like a bit of a practical thing because when we're on tour you know you prepare a set and you prepare a number of songs and then you have it written out and you have it printed out and we don't really have access. It's just, just purely practical, like getting access to printers to just print out a different set. Even if you know all the songs, it's hard to, you know, they, or you have to write it out differently, which is not a big deal. But uh, it, it is a bit of a practical thing as well with us because you have a set so solid. And then, you have, you know, you're, if you're mixing and matching. And like Chris said, we just don't have quite the bodywork yet. But that's going to about, about to change. So I think we would all like that. We did switch around our set. Partway through the last one, uh, when we were doing the festivals, we had our forty-minute set and our hour set. But we did switch around some orders after when we got back because we we're like, "Oh, let's just refresh it." And we brought a song that's close to the end back to the beginning. And now we're at introducing a new songs, so it will be changing. And hopefully, we can do what Chris said and make it very diverse per uh, venue.
1: And then I guess one—I just thought of another fun inspiration on this topic from other shows. That's fun is, I remember seeing Edward Sharp like back in the prime era, like when everyone was still in that band. And they would be very loose. I don't think they had a set list. I'm pretty sure they'd seem to just kind of like look at each other and talk and then be like, yeah, that's this one. Or they'd be like, what do you want us to play? And then someone would say something to actually just play that one. It's kind of like, I like that looseness. It's kind of cool. Both, both are cool. I guess sometimes it's cool to just be like, what's going to come? And then you just get something or it's kind of fun to just be conversational too.
0: That's why I never, I know they have like set list websites but I like I never I never do that because it's almost like reading the the reading the full plot summary for a movie before
1: you see it. I'm like you're spoiling it for yourself. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> totally doesn't make any sense. It's fun to look at the stats after. Sometimes I'm I'm a nerd with that somehow. Yeah, I always curious what they've played after. Exactly.
2: What is your favorite song off of the new album? I'm not sure if I have an actual favorite. I have a few favorites that come and go and, and change here and there. and I, When I think I know it it changes when I hear a new mix, especially because it's not finished yet, right? So we hear a new mix and one's sounding really, really good and we're like, oh, that that bumped back up. But I think we're pretty lucky that we like to make a, a full album that's no filler and each song is some type, like could be our favorite at any other moment, right? Um, obviously you have some really strong ones or ones that are more singly and, and, and ones that maybe uh, stick out from the the pack, but I think we like to, yeah, like I said, we like to make stuff that's all really good and, and my my favorite kind of goes back and forth. I have one favorite right now that's a super long song on the album that changes. It's like a three-parter. It's like kind of like a um, more of an epic journey song um, and that's been my favorite on and off in that way but then like there's a song that's totally different and a shorter, more singly song like Within You, Within Me or Only In Your Eyes and sometimes those are like, oh, that's my favorite, you know, so it's it just depends on what mood I'm in and, what I hear, so it's hard to pick a one song.
1: Yeah, we like before we started mixing, we kind of sent out a rough sampler to some some friends just to kind of like get a feel like, hey, which ones do you think like, what are your favorites? Just so we know and maybe it'll help, pick or it'll help us pick what singles we should be going with and stuff. And like some songs had like definitely the most votes, but it was interesting that at least somebody of what we sent it to each picked one of the songs as their favorite. Like every single one of those eight songs was somebody's favorite, which was like, wow, that's good, but it's a very good sign. <laughs> yeah.
2: There were a few that were like consistently up top in some people's. But even within those that were repeating as number ones or twos, like they were hard to um, pick out an obvious one or an obvious two. Or it was more like four songs that were m- more mentioned higher up. And then like Chris said, everyone had a favorite that was a different song. So everyone was mentioned in someone's favorite. So it's pretty cool to know that there's something there for everyone. And there is no we like we try to do it where there is no like weaker weaker song you know we try to make it so so yeah
0: it's too expensive to have filler on an album anyways yeah, exactly. just thinking like i don't know 80s metal albums were like oh that song you wrote because you need to fill
1: space mm. <laughs> yeah no just don't have it <laughs> just keep writing songs then or something yeah, I, no. I mean we can't say it's all we it's like, it's obviously like our opinion to, yeah who knows <laughs> yeah. Some, <laughs> someone might say there's a lot of filler who knows but we like it <laughs>
0: The band has a keen eye for visuals, especially when it comes to your music videos and artwork. Who's the driving force in the band behind this? And how did you develop the Melt look?
1: I guess it started with, uh, I mean, with our current, like, kind of visual look. Zach Veg, who's uh, a local photographer, videographer, like, DP, director of photography kind of guy. He's really talented. And we kind of linked with him right before the whole Swim Slowly announcement and the whole, like before that all started so we got uh, like group really cool group photos that he edited really wild and that's kind of been kind of the starting point of where we decided to kind of go with it and uh, we've kind of we've done newer photos as well for this new stuff and it's kind of in that world other than that the, the music videos i guess um i did like i directed the first two obviously very collaborative stuff but uh yeah i directed those first two music videos then the newest one that's like by far the coolest looking one was uh, a really awesome team uh, basically a friend of mine who's a producer just reached out because he just liked some of the demos because I'd sent it to him for the sampler thing and uh, he's like I want to make something happen here let's let's talk and uh, it was good timing because it's like we were too busy to even like consider being involved with producing a music video because we were about to go on tour and we wanted to have if we were going to do a video it would be like let's do it for one of these singles so we need kind of needed it like sooner than later like we didn't have time so it was a really good chance to just kind of work on something like kind of more of an outside view though. We didn't we weren't really that involved. We kind of started with the initial concept and then um yeah, like a lot of the the crazy work though Sterling Larose directed, edited and uh yeah, he did some wild stuff. He animated. Yeah, he like printed frames like the way the animation on that video was done was like he printed these like the actual visual frames out on a com- like piece of paper, hand manipulated them, drew etc and then re it in and then put it into the timeline at like 12 frames a second so then the sequence is just coming in and out of these wild looking just yeah he just killed it it was pretty wild
0: what single is that for again I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head that's the music video for Within You Within Me yeah. okay yeah because I obviously had a chance to, to watch that out of curiosity the, the two people that are dancing is that like on the north shore or something it looks like a wrecked beach I can't even huh.
1: Yeah, it was, um,
2: it was... Uh, Furry Creek okay yeah so just almost in squamish Oh, okay um furry creek lookout or something i'm not but it's right in furry creek there i think it's called furry creek lookout i think that's what it's called
0: that's why why i couldn't pin it down it's like you know that spot in bc with the lake and the trees and it looks
2: beautiful (laughs) yeah you get that west coast like a sea to sky kind of frame in the background for sure um and just to add on what chris said about visuals too um he's obviously the um mind behind a lot of the um film stuff because he's well versed in it from his film degree and working in film um, and we're really lucky for that because it it, produced, it enables, enables us to produce ourselves some pretty high quality visuals And um, but in terms of actual uh, creative style it's, it's pretty collaborative and Zach like Chris said started that kind of colorful washy trippy visual and then we kind of um use that to make those paint i don't know if you remember from some slowly we had these paint kind of videos the that, visualizers yeah, yeah. Yes, the visual yeah exactly like deeper water has a lyric video with the paint and then we we used some of them for different uh colors for different singles and um we did that ourselves with paint and and just different colors and uh, yeah i think we're all like pretty into like just cool trippy colors and and that's kind of our vibe. It, it matches the music with the, and the name with the melt, you kind of get this melting color palette that coincides with the music.
0: For a unsigned band, I'm struck by the high degree of professionalism you take when it comes to your social media, website, photo shoots, all that fun stuff. What skills do you draw from amongst the four of you to really make melt work as an entertainment enterprise?
2: Um, yeah, that's a great, great, really good question. Cause we, um, uh, we come from different backgrounds um, and uh, we, we do do a lot of it ourselves. And I think a lot of it has been just learning on the job. You know, we, we, um we kind of have had to, we've had a, had a brief period where we had a manager uh, for six months prior to swim Slowly's release. And then ever since then kind of fully independent management, no label. And so we spent a little bit of time just over COVID learning on the job about how to do the admin, how to do all these things. And I think we're, the The most important thing for us that's i guess made us appear more professional and and um put quality content out is that we are very um meticulous and perfectionist in particular about what we what we do in terms of not just the music but then it also uh that goes along with what we put out on social media and how we manage things like we we don't want to do anything halfway and we're we're very collaborative where we say okay how's this look and we'll all edit it for each other and we kind of just allow each other's brains to take a look at everything and be involved in every aspect and then make it a better product in the end or whatever we're we're doing
1: yeah and i guess a big part of it that makes it work is we each kind of we can each take a different piece of the pie so like that's kind of how we can get away with not having much of it like that much of a team i guess so like you know someone's every day someone's helping with an email or someone's doing this prep for this post or someone's doing this or that. So it's kind of just spreading that work out and kind of claiming, just kind of d- dividing and conquering, I guess. So that's kind of how we can make it happen. But it's not easy. Like we're definitely, we'd, we'd rather be preparing for the live set more than we are able to right now, which is, uh, it's like, you know, it is what it is, but it's uh, it's definitely been kind of fun to just kind of learn about it. And I think if we do end up working with more people down the line, at least we'll know what we're looking for you know strategically like what do we what do we need what what do we want and what how good are they doing you know it's like we're just well more well a lot more informed with the business
0: yeah you you have a a benchmark to work from in terms of like what you're looking for what has worked for you and what could be better yeah what could be better yeah exactly what what working with other people like a like a management team or like publicists and stuff like that yeah you know what they can bring to the table that will get you to that next level beyond what you can do yourselves yeah but also just like not having to deal with that <laughs> yeah i <laughs> as know well.
1: yeah and yeah exactly it's just a hard sacrifice. like it's like what are we willing to give for the little bit of help or maybe a lot of help it depends what it would be you know so that's the consideration at hand what
0: local bands or artists would you recommend we check out or bring on the podcast for a future episode mm.
2: i have one that comes to mind that um, I really think is a underrated yeah. band. Um, in Vancouver, like very underrated. Um, it's Leighton Kramer, they're they're incredible. Um, if you haven't heard them, check them out. Great production, great writing. Um, it's kind of uh, also hazy Mac DeMarco-y kind of vibe. Um, but just like they they deserve so much more recognition. So I would say them is the obvious choice for me.
1: I would have said the same thing if I thought of it immediately, because yeah, we yeah we're actually big fans, and we think that they should be a lot more streamed than they are right now. Like they're really good. Um, I'm like that with a few ban- a few local bands. Nice. There's also yeah this guy Noble Son who I I really like. He's really good. He's also really funny and uh yeah we've done a, we've done a show together before
0: he's a voice actor yeah I he's yeah. very very popular on tiktok yeah he's uh that Crazy. man that man's got <laughs> top-notch
1: tiktok game he's great he knows how to work that his platform. music is really good and i think i mean obviously if you look at the you know comparatively it's it's undervalued it's like really good on its own right it's a separate thing and it's really good and his live shows are really really good too like he's funny and it's just really funny. It's just good. It's just good music.
0: Yeah, he's been on my list. I definitely need to check him
1: out. Another band we we love that's based in Vancouver is uh, I M U R, and they've been really good mentors for us throughout forever, basically. So yeah, love
2: that band. The record last year was really good yeah that was yeah they're they're great and um i another one that i really like too is winona forever they're great i don't know if you've had them on They're they're pretty great too
0: not yet but yeah they're uh worth for sure i I know
2: they they
0: were one of a few bands that moved to moved to montreal and then they moved back but they're they're doing well for themselves they wound up on audio tree i think
1: so yeah no it's good to see I don't think this band needs any more promotion, but uh, Peach Pit's a great local oh, band, course, obviously. I mean, course. everyone, who could not like that? The I, new record, I really love it. It's so I, good.
0: I still uh, haven't spoken to to Peach Pit yet, but it's, uh, it's a bucket list band for, for sure. For sure.
1: Yeah, I saw their new their latest show at Commodore. Um, I think, I don't know when that Didn't was, did they do April? like a
0: two-night stay or something like that? <laughs> he did three shows, actually. Three they shows. Did two nights and one Holy. afternoon,
1: one of the same days <laughs> the night. And man, like that show was, yeah, they really, it's so good. It's so. I've seen them a lot too before. But the newest show really amped it up like to the, I was like, damn, this is like a real like show and band right now. This is crazy.
0: I guarantee I've talked about this show on the podcast before, but I was at um, in the Waldorf parking lot for their uh, debut album release show. I think who else who was, else was on the bill on planets club sofa and dead soft. So like it was a great lineup. But then like, my God, like Peach Pit were incredible of course, but there was like, I swear there's like a thousand kids in that parking lot. It was just one of those, like, like one of the most wow. magical
2: like local shows I've ever been to. Wow. That is cool. And just two more that uh, came to mind. And, um, yeah, they're not as, they're also more established as well, and that would be Young Heezy is great, and also um, Old Man Canyon, who we really want to uh, play a show with soon. Um, he's obviously quite established as well on the scene, but he's great uh really really great and yeah hopefully we'll be able to play a show with him soon
0: yeah i will admit i need to uh, some of these i just need to listen to more of other stuff especially leighton kramer and old man canyon
2: yeah leighton kramer and old man canyon if you haven't heard them listen to both them yeah leighton kramer is well underrated and old man Canyon is great too but he, at least he's gotten some good recognition
0: awesome well, i love all the suggestions this is why I, this is one of those questions that i ask every podcast because i want to hear a way music exactly right? yeah. exactly Uh, how can listeners keep up with what you're up to and check out your music
2: um yeah um social media we're on instagram facebook um we actually just created a tiktok account recently uh not as active as we should be we're gonna try to pick that up as well um and uh yeah check us out on spotify obviously every we're on every streaming platform and um anything else what are your handles for social media
1: uh, melt with two t's m-e-l-t-t music basically that's every every social media I think is melt music yeah yeah on Twitter, Twitter. Twitter Instagram Great. Facebook
0: and what's your uh, what's your website melt
1: music just melt dot ca m- just melt.ca.
0: oh perfect wow you got that we
1: got the dot ca nice. we couldn't afford the dot com but we got the dot ca ah dot ca is fine <laughs> the fact that you're
0: able to just band name yes. perfect
1: it was two thousand dollars for that dot like com and it was ten dollars for the dot ca so we'll take the dot ca there you go All right. Well, thanks, guys.
0: Uh, This was a lot of fun. As I said, looking forward to listening to that new album when it comes out. Well, thanks so much for having us. It's always a good time. So thank you.
2: Yeah, thanks a lot. It was good to be here again.
0: Thanks for listening. I'm your host, James Olson. Before we close this episode off with one more song by our featured guest, I just want to let you know that you can keep up with what we're up to on Facebook and Instagram at Pacific Sound Radio and on our website at pacificsoundradio.com. If you like the show, you can give us a five-star rating and a positive review on your podcast platform of choice that lets you leave reviews. Here is It Could Grow Anywhere by Melt.